0: Today, I have the privilege of having Ryan O'Neill, a friend and the leader of the Minnesota real estate team of Remax Advantage Plus. Ryan, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, thank you so much, Umar. Uh, Really a pleasure. Always a pleasure being on with you.
0: The reason I'm excited is because you know you've taken uh, you've done all the stages of real estate to build you know a successful team, a successful business. And I wanted to share a quick story with you and then ask you the first question. And the story I wanted to share with you is this. I was reading uh, Andy Grove's book. He's one of the founders of Intel. Yeah. And it was a story about, you know, um, in their history, at the beginning, they were the, you know, the leader in memory chips for computers. And they dominated. The Japanese were coming in with chips and Intel's internal thoughts were, we're the best. Japanese don't stand a chance. But the microprocessors were coming into uh, their own at that point, and Intel was trying to decide, do we invest in where we dominate memory chips, or do we invest in this new thing called microprocessors? Because they were part of the company that had you know, got this dominance in memory chips, and they've got a legacy and a history, it was really hard for them to make a decision. And this went on for months and months. And in this one particular scene, Gordon Moore from, I'm not sure if you've heard uh, Moore's Law, you know, computer processing power doubles every 18 months. Yes. Him and Andy Grove are thinking about, you know, what to do. And then Andy has this thought. And the thought is, if the old team got fired and we were the new team coming in to head up Intel, what would we do? And the instant answer, both of them go is microprocessors. It's not even considering memory chips. But when they were part of the legacy, you know, it was a hard decision to make. So with that frame in place, what I'm looking to do is, if you and I were starting a brand new brokerage, bringing in agents that are fresh, what would we do differently to help them go from, uh, you know, a standing start to being to making a living in the first year? Because there's such a attrition rate of realtors. So I was hoping we could workshop. How do we how we'd build this company that would uh, get 80 percent of realtors coming into the uh, business to be successful in the first year?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good um, really good question and you know hearing your story um, you know about about Intel, you know I, I think what's interesting to me and and I started in the business in two thousand three. so you know over the last sixteen years, I've had the good fortune of meeting a lot of really wonderful folks, um, agents who are maybe seasoned, uh, some who are brand new, um, some who are just getting into the industry. And, you know, it is it is very interesting to me, Umar, because there is a significant number of agents with really all companies, all brokerages that get into the business Maybe they'll do a transaction or two or three, and then after a few months or six months or a year, they end up exiting the industry. And so I think I think a lot of it, you know, in thinking about this, strategizing, kind of workshopping, a lot of it comes down to um, expectations. I think upfront for you know what's being provided to the new potential agent the new um you know as far as thoughts on hey what should i expect getting into this industry what is the industry all about and how can we give those folks real world data on what it's really like and of course you know that sounds great in principle and you would think hey umar you know the schools you know the the realtor schools that that people go to across the country they should really provide that data, you know, for people that that information, so they can make good informed decisions whether or not this is the right career. But I do feel that there's some disconnect in the sense that, you know, I've met so many wonderful, well intentioned folks that get into this industry, and then, you know, again, within a year or six months, um, you know, leave the industry. And again, I'm certainly not faulting them by any means at all, but there is this large disconnect and it is, um, I think for, for brokers across the country, it, it, it can be kind of a, a question mark, like, you know, what, what's going on here? Why is this happening? So a couple
0: of thoughts. So thanks for sharing that. A couple of thoughts. Uh, The first thought that comes up is, uh, health clubs how many people join health clubs because the thought of working out and being healthier and sexier is so compelling that we will pay for a membership we don't use. Uh, so with that kind of frame in mind, uh, I wonder how many people come into real estate and they're really seeing it through uh, rose-colored glasses in terms of, yeah, yeah, I know what the stats are for agents, but I'm going to be the exception. That I, I wonder how right. what percentage of self-delusion – Because oftentimes we only hear what we want to listen to.
1: It's a really good point. And and what's interesting about it, Umar, is I I think it's natural for us to, you know, in today's um, social media, digital entertainment world, you know, it's fun to watch all the various real estate shows and, you know, with, with, you know, kind of the, the happy buying and selling experiences and in some senses, I think it, it, it makes the career look um, great, which again, it, it very well can be and often is, but oftentimes I think it maybe gives an impression too that it's a lot maybe easier than, than people think. I've had multiple agents over the years, again, not just with our team, you know, but, but really friends across the industry who will say to me, gosh, this job is way, way harder than I thought it would ever be. And and I think I think maybe it is the um, the, the rose colored or romanticizing of of what it's really going to be like getting into this industry. And you know, one thing I've found a, a lot, Umar, is is when an agent really has comes from a background where they've had a, a, a maybe another job that was a forty hour a week, you know, or forty right. hour a week plus position where they had to show up at, at, at eight or nine in the morning. They had to do stuff during the day. Some of it they liked, some of it they didn't like. Those people that come from some type of um, work ethic that, that are used to getting out of their comfort zone, doing things maybe that they don't want to do every day, those are the people, in my opinion, that have really shown the propensity to succeed over time in the real estate industry, because again, no broker really or no team leader is is managing so much with their folks that they're calling people at nine in the morning, saying, "Hey, where are you today? Why do, you know what are you doing? Why didn't you call this? Why are you not at the meeting?" No one's really doing that. There's varying degrees of it, but I think that's what can be a challenge
0: for definitely. And I'm almost thinking that uh, uh, there's a guy called Chet Holmes. He wrote the Million Dollar Sales Machine. And there was this yes. one section in there that he was talking about when he's hiring salespeople and he thinks he's got the right salespeople in mind, he pushes back really, really hard telling them that they're going to fail or they don't have what it takes. And what he was looking for was very much like the true performers and the true believers would push back. And you don't know what you're talking And the right. people that were posers would say, uh, although they were really strong through the entire interview at that point, they go, well, okay. Thank you very much for your time and kind of step away. And uh, not that I want team leaders to do that necessarily, but I wonder if there's some kind of uh, greater vetting we can do beforehand and also almost like an apprenticeship that would serve the person coming into the industry in a way that they would pick up the uh, necessary skills because at the end of the day, it's more – Profitable for Ryan O'Neill to have an agent that is with him for five years producing really well than somebody coming in for doing two deals in that year and then just leaving.
1: You're right. You're right, Umar. And I think that, you know, there's a variety of different business models out there for real estate brokers on who they want to find and, um, you know, and training and whatnot you know, at least with what I've always done, you know, we're, we're, you know, small. And, and, you know, for me, it's my time personally invested with that person, but even more so on a human level, it's about trying to do the right thing and saying, what's good for this person long-term. In other words, I want to sit down with them a year, two years, five years from now, and really feel like they're enjoying the career. It's what they want to do, um, you know, et cetera. But, but I think, you know, I think your point is is spot on about about um, you know having a an agent uh, maybe could be described that that has a little passion or a little fire, if you will. That if they're getting objections, that hey, <laughs> this isn't maybe the right career for you. That that they're able to come back and say why this you know why they believe it is because truly you know for me, Umar, it, it all comes down to you know what is that what is the motivating factor that gets the agent out of bed yes. in in the morning? you know I've seen a lot of times with with young parents that you know if they're the primary income earner, you know their kids, their family, the need to make money is is there they need to do something that that, that why is their son or daughter their you know so I, I think at least for me and for fellow agents, brokers you know that may be listening it I always try to determine, um, you know What is that? Why? And, and do they really need to do this job? Because at the end of the day, if they don't have that, pyre, that fire and passion, I find that, that the, over time, it's very easy to just fade out in the industry. And, and maybe it isn't kind of an apprenticeship. You know, we try yes. to do a lot of shadowing, you know, where newer agents come on board and work with kind of senior agents the first month or two to see what they're doing and how it works. But so much of it, Umar, I, and, and I think comes down to how is that person wired? In other words, they can learn so much about the, the, the paperwork and the listing process and houses and construction. But ultimately, this is a human business. It's about relationships. It's about talking to people, building relationships. And it's hard oftentimes, as you know probably better than, than almost anybody, it's hard to rewire people. Um, in some senses, you know, for someone like me, if, if you've got someone that that they just ah, personality-wise, it's it is um, it, it makes it difficult for them. It makes to do sense, this and
0: job. it's really kind of uh, interesting in terms of uh, you know, it's a people business and connecting with people, and I think the ultimate connection ends up being our, the connection with ourselves, and you know those those. Uh, hopes and fears and anxieties uh, because, you know, when anything is going well, you don't touch those issues normally. So everything goes swimmingly well. But as soon as tough times come, uh, you know, we kind of zero in on those vulnerabilities within ourselves and they become larger than life and uh, uh, stop us dead in our tracks.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it is, It is. Um, you know, I – I think I think trying to and I and again in a small way with our team try I, I try to help people understand in that initial meeting, um, you know that the, the, those first, hey I'm I'm my license is going active. Really trying to determine that why, trying to find out what is their work ethic. You know what you know are are they going to spend some time doing this job, because again the romanticization of this can make it just seem so wonderful. You know, you you, you show wonderful homes and, and you, you make large commissions. And, and again, that's sometimes the public perception yes. or people getting into the industry. And for those of us that are, you know, in this in the trenches every day, know that it can be a 60, 70 hour a, a week job that sometimes can have a lot of upside. Sometimes it, it is not as much upside, but it's like any job, you know, I mean, it, 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 there's there's no free lunch, and, and I just think the the for agents if they can have that mentality and realize that it is going to take time, you know, and they need you know some reserves. I, I'm a big believer, Umar, that they need to have some, you know, know that it's going to take a few months to get something going. You know, you need to have some reserves, and instead of getting into it, and if you don't sell five houses in three months, you say, hey, I'm done. This is this is yes. you know, you're starting a business. This is a brand new business. Any business really you talk to business owners and it takes time
0: even if you've got even if you're well funded to actually start making money takes time and let alone you know you're the you're the business yourself
1: right right you're exactly right. I, I, I just think having that mentality as well is something that, that I think uh, can help the agent because we all can be our toughest critics. You know, at the end of the day, and especially if you see other people succeeding in the industry or doing well, you kind of scratch your head and say, hey, why am I not doing well? Well, y- you have to remember, you're looking at people at all various phases of business development, of success. And, and again, this job, in my humble opinion, comes down all about relationship building. And, and at the end of the day, as we know, in any good relationship, it takes time. You've got to take time. It takes effort, dedication. And I think the more that new agents can have that mentality, they can take that leap, Umar, to that next phase and becoming more of a, a more. So a here's
0: a suggestion, job. Ryan, and I'm just making this up as I go along here. So bear with me. It'd be good in the interview process, yeah. you know, when you really build up rapport with someone, and you, uh, let me give you a data point first and I'll come back to this conversation. One of the biggest frustrations for me in podcasting yeah. is you and I are going to have a great conversation and then I'm going to switch off the recording and we'll chat for a few minutes later. And sometimes the richest content comes at the end of the podcast that we're not recording and it's like, darn it. I wish we had recorded that. But, but, but let me come right. back because it's almost like the pressure's <laughs> off. Not that you feel pressure in this, but uh, it, we just are more freer. So I wonder what will happen if one of the interview strategies right. was to, you know, do the formal interview and then once that's over, then say, so right. tell me about something that, you know, where time flies by, we get into flow. What's that hobby or the passion or time in your life and really get them to talk about that issue. And when the interview's over, uh, their guards go down and when they talk about that stamp collecting or, or working with their kids, uh, coaching for their teams, whatever it is, take a look at their body language and uh, actually the language they use and the mannerisms of something that they, you know, will work to the end of the day for, have passion for, have desire for, and then come back to, you know, one of the areas in, you know, real estate is prospecting and connecting and asking for referrals and just go back to one of those things that you thought they might be a weakness and really get a good sense of how they think about that. And when you get that gap between how they light up in the area, they're really passionate about and what they need to do to be successful. I think that would be a great thing to probe them on saying, did you notice that when we're talking about this activity that you do not have that level of passion? I wonder if that would give more insights to the interviewer, right? But more importantly, insights to the interviewee that kind of goes, yeah, I I don't. So what do I need to do to get it? or what do I need to do to improve on that? Because if I don't, you are not going to make it in this industry.
1: You're right, Umar. I think that's a really good analogy. I mean, especially the way you, um, you know, I was visualizing it in my head as you were describing it. I, I think ultimately it it comes down to helping them, um, you know, determine that passion. And, and, and again, in a, in a small way that that's actually, it's interesting because what I'll mention to people um, is, you know, for me, you know, prior to getting in the real estate industry, I was, um, you know, really involved with music and my brother and, and, and I, you know, with playing piano and singing and, and, you know, my dad was always really supportive of it because ultimately he said, guys, you, you know, life life is too short. You do need to find that. But do what you want to do. And so I've tried with the agent when I'm talking to them, instead of looking at it saying, hey, how can I make a buck off this guy or gal and have him sell a few houses and keep churning more, really try to, you know, on a human level, try yes. to say, look, what what is your passion? What do you want to do? do? Do you want to be a musician? Do, do you want to be a public speaker? Do you want to you know, work landscaping, do that. Because I think to your point, when people are following that, the money follows, the time invested follows. And and I just think for a lot of people, they look at real estate, the romantic, you know, the, the rose colored, as you talked about glasses and just, and make it look Mm -hmm. so fun. You know, I love houses is a common expression for people. I love houses. Well, this job really isn't, you know, that isn't an important criteria in my opinion. (laughs) I mean, certainly you got to understand houses, but, but it's not, that isn't a reason to become a real estate agent because there's a heck of a lot more to it than just, I love houses.
0: Tell me about, uh, if you can think of a particular agent and, you know, change names and uh, to protect the innocent, someone that was uh, failing that you were able to kind of, provide that insight that allowed them to kind of turn things around. Do you have like one of those stories uh, in your hip pocket?
1: I do. You know, it's interesting you ask that because I've, you know, um, there was a, um, uh, an agent with us that, that still is with uh, our team that was coming from a, um, actually was a prior landscaper. Uh, worked uh, very hard, you know, doing landscaping and, you know, just a really good guy, really good guy, hardworking uh, person. And, you know, he got into the real estate industry, was actually with another company for a while uh, with a friend of mine at that other company. And the friend actually called me up at at this firm and just said, hey, you know what, Uh, this agent, I'll just pick a name, Um, Bob, you know, Bob was, Bob's with me here. He's not doing great. Um, you know, you know I figured maybe you and your team might be another option for him. Do you want to reach out? So I reached out to Bob, had a conversation, you know, he came on board, joined us. and early on, you know, I noticed that that Bob um, was was continually trying to impress customers, buyers and sellers. And a lot of the, the impressing uh, the what, what was through kind of the, the spoken word, in meetings, sitting down with a potential buyer or seller investor, real estate investor. And it was, it was a lot of talking, Umar. It was a lot about, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And here's, you know, here's my experience. And, you know, here's how great I, I, you know, I can help people and all this talking, 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 and no listening, no taking an interest in the other party and the consumer in what's important to them. And he struggled the first year to even on our team. And we ended up connecting. And, and again, this may seem elementary to, to some, but I think oftentimes it's just self-awareness, having someone that can help you be self-aware. And in this case, you know, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. I, I just said, hey, Bob, here's something that, that, that you're doing, you know, in all your meetings. You need to stop talking. You need to take an interest in the other party. And just show interest in them. Ask them about their kids, their family. Get to know them. Build a relationship. And literally, Umar, he made that one change. And this was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And since that time, Bob has been consistently one of the top sellers on our entire team. Um, You know, because of it, he's got a great work ethic. You know, he's a very hard worker. But he just made a focus on the consumer. And so I think sometimes for agents with our advertising, with everything that we do, we make it all about us. I tell our folks, you know, people don't care. They don't care about us. They care whether or not we can help them, we can fill a need for them as a consumer, and we can, uh, they can trust us. And I think when an agent, when a broker looks at it more from that perspective and looks at their agents and helps them become self-aware, it can take folks that are failing, that are trying so hard to sell, 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 sell. It's not about selling, you know, and that's what, that, what Bob was doing. And so that change, Umar, he made that simple change and, you know, becoming self-aware of it and consistently is one of our top sellers every year now.
0: Thank you for sharing that, because I think uh, it's a good lesson for any leaders that are listening. It's very much and so there's a process to doing our business, and we need to kind of really figure out where in the process people need improving and if we can give them the insights there. Like you said, sometimes it doesn't take this you know, super magical thing. It's what you described was you listening to him to uncover what the issue was and then happened to be a listening issue for him as well. So you, you modeled something pretty powerful. It's like, Hey, you've been trying to figure this out. And uh, I got this by listening to what you do. So amazing.
1: Well, here's, here's one thing that, that I would add, I think for, for an important thing for everyone in our lives, I think we all need to be willing to be coached, willing to listen and 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 here's the last thing I think most important, Umar. We have to be willing to take feedback and be t- about being self-aware of of maybe how are we coming off to others? How is my behavior impacting other people? And what we may think is the right is is how it's coming off. It is not always the case. And that's where I think, again, any good business leader, any good agent who's looking to elevate their business, take it to the next level, you need to have that person or people in your life that will be able to give you meaningful feedback on, hey, this is what I don't like. Or, or do you realize you're doing this? Because a lot of times people just, you know, it's kind of in Minnesota, we, we joke about it. They call it Minnesota nice. You know, we, we, we really, no one ever wants to say anything um negative. And, you know, my brother, Tim, Tim, who's a, a you know successful business owner, Tim is very good at this. He's, he's good at it and doing it in a kind and caring way with family members, business employees, whoever, where he can give good feedback that, that's meaningful, that's helpful to the person without it being demeaning in the person feeling like, boy, I feel horrible right now. So I just think that's important for people listening. You know, think about those in your life. Do you have that person who can really say, hey, what's my deal? How do I come off to people? What? How am I known? You know That's important. And you've got to be able to wi- be willing to adapt and change if needed.
0: Absolutely. And I'll leave you with one last thought. I do a lot of videos and this one woman was complaining about the audio quality and the audio quality is perfectly fine. Thank you very much. And it kind of really pissed me off that she had said that. Right. So when I looked at it, it was like, Yeah, it could be better. And because of her observation, after I got over myself, it took me a day to do that. I uh, got some help and improved the audio quality significantly. But if she wasn't brave enough to tell me and I wasn't uh, eventually able to listen to it, I still would have, you know, mediocre audio quality. And it's that ability to take feedback. And what you said at the beginning of this conversation was agents need to realize it's all about relationship. And right. the same thing for team leaders, when you have that relationship with your agents, there's a level of trust there. So when you do give them feedback, it's not seen as negativity, but somebody helping me. So at the end of the day, it's a relationship business and the stronger the relationships, the better we do.
1: You're right. You're right. And I think that sums it up very well. And and being okay to your point, Umar, I've had people give me feedback before. You know, if someone leaves our organization, if someone, you know, I always ask for feedback because at the end of the day, I don't claim to have the answers. And I want to continue to improve. And I think when you look at athletes, you know, top athletes, when you look at top people in any field, they're continually trying to improve and adapt. And I just think from an agent perspective, it's no different. If you're brand new, you're looking to become successful. If you're looking to go from, you know, 10 deals a year to 20, 20 to 40, you know, be willing to be coached. Be willing to listen to others because, you know, being a student of the game, which I try to be, can really help, can really help you and help you continue to grow. And and I think that you'll, you'll look back years from, you know, years from now and say, you know what, that has helped my business tremendously.
0: Brilliant. Ryan, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, Umar. And for anyone ever listening, if I can ever be a help or resource to you or your business, certainly don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I have a heart for for helping other agents, brokers, and um, you know, from my perspective, uh, whatever I could ever do to help your business, I'm, I'm all for it. But I, I thank you for your kind invite, Omar.
0: Excellent. And just for the listeners, there's going to be all the links to uh, Ryan on the show notes. So reach out. He means it. And uh, talk to you soon, Ryan. Take care.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Omar. Have a great week.